Hello, and good morning to you. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And we're with Tech Connect. And Tech Connect is very important to you, and you may not realize that now, but after you listening to a series of our podcasts about the kinds of technologies that are available to you every day, whether it be for entertainment, education, employment, or just information and research. All these things will come together in our conversations with you so that you appreciate how much more these devices can add to your life. And we're baby boomers, just like you. Basically, this is baby boomers talking to baby boomers about the new technology. So sit back, relax, and listen. Hello, I'm Bruce. And I'm Michael. And today on our podcast, we're going to talk about several matters. But the first one we're going to talk about is called Matter. It's the new protocol for the different uh, smart devices that we have in our homes. The second thing we're going to talk about is what we feel parents and grandparents should do regarding talking to their kids about getting into the more technological areas like STEM, robotics, etc. And the last thing we're going to talk about is the sunset of especially Windows 8, which basically means that they're not going to be supporting it anymore. But let's get back to Matter. Matter is a new protocol that all of your smart devices, like your smart bulbs and your smart locks, they're all going to be working on a common protocol now, which is called Matter. It's a common language that all of the devices that you can buy will work on this particular language, which is very fantastic. <laughs> if you've been around, as like I have and have been installing smart devices in my home and other people's homes, knowing what protocol the device was based in was always a problem. So if you had what was called a Zigbee controller, that didn't work with a Z-Wave controller. So before you even purchased the item, you had to make sure you knew what protocol it operated on. Alexa had a different protocol than HomeKit from uh, Apple, a different protocol than Google. Then they had smart things that was Samsung. And the smart devices all Sorry, I don't know that one. had to be connected to these particular protocols. And you had to know what they were before you bought the devices and know which protocols you used in your home. That was always a problem. And it made installing smart devices like bulbs and locks and whatever more difficult well now they have all gotten together Alexa uh, Google Apple Samsung they've all gotten together and they decided on one protocol which makes it so that you'll be able to go to the store Control a video device with your voice you need to connect it first. And buy a bulb. In the Alexa app, go to settings, and then TV and video to get started. That's the, uh, the camera is talking to us now. 
You have to forgive us. We're having some technical difficulties of all this technology. All of a sudden, it started to push back on us. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I have a, a camera connected to the vibe board that started talking to us. So that's what happened. But yes, so again, now you'll be able to, when you buy your Alexa speaker, smart speaker, you'll be able Sorry, to. I don't know that one. To, to buy a bulb. Now I'm getting scared. Yeah, me too, because I unplugged it. <laughs> when things start to continue to work after you've unplugged them, that's a time for some concern. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know. You can't turn it off. Right. It doesn't want to go off. It wants to mess with us the whole night. But, yeah, so like I was saying, now you can buy a, go in the store, buy a bulb, and it should work with your whatever device you have at home, whatever system you're using. If you're using Google HomeKit or any of the different systems, you should be able to buy a smart device that works with them. And they're easier to install because, say, if you wanted to install a device and put it in your Alexa uh, group of devices, you'll be able okay. to install what it. would you like to call the group? You'll be able to install it using the app, your Alexa app. I think Alexa's taking over the household. And that way, you don't have to know that you have to buy another controller or something else to attach to that smart smart device. So, like I said, it's called Matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, and you'll see most of the devices that come out now will say that they're matter compliant. Matter compliant. Mm -hmm. They're operating on the Matter protocols. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good thing. So, when you look for your devices now, make sure they are Matter compliant. And most of them are going to be when they're being sold now. All they, the new devices are coming out, they're matter compliant. Mm -hmm. uh, now you don't have to worry about the, the different controller. Your smart speakers all are going to be matter compliant, so they'll work with matter devices. So that's that's a good thing that has happened mm -hmm. recently. I think they started rolling it out in October mm -hmm. of 22. And uh, like I said, you'll see more and more devices that say they're matter compliant. So look for that in the future, and that's something that has occurred that's going to make life a lot easier with regard to your smart home. Mike? Well, the key thing is the reason why matter had to come to being is because we couldn't have all these competing protocols. It's like having a, you buy a computer, and other than being a Mac or a PC, there are 15 other types of computers you could have bought. Like you could, for example, you could still use a Linux operating system. And mm -hmm. Linux is still very popular, particularly at the academic community, right. you know, to support their servers and what have you. But you can't have 10, 15 different protocols with computers and then talk about working with headphones and Bluetooth devices and scanners and printers and all those peripherals that we count on every day to do, to do what we need to do but they have all these competing protocols. So they've narrowed it down to say, let's sit down guys and come up with a standard because what we're really talking about was called the internet of things. 
And although Bruce talked about the lights and controllers and hubs and switches and even blinds and fans, this Internet of Things is going to be very pervasive, and it is already pervasive. It's going to be in your refrigerator, your washer, your dryer. Uh, the, those of you, such as Bruce, has got a smart robot vacuum cleaner. All these things will depend upon this protocol so they communicate with each other. So that a light bulb can communicate with the vacuum cleaner to say either you should clean this floor or not. The light will sense and see how much dirt is on the floor so that the robot vacuum cleaner won't even come into the room because the light told it that it doesn't need to be vacuumed. It's fine for now. So all these kind of strange things, and I know they sound scary, but these truly are labor-saving devices. They're time-saving devices, and with them communicating with each other properly, it will even save overall energy costs. Yeah, and I looked, I saw an article the other day where the different manufacturers like LG and Samsung and uh, the other Whirlpool, mm -hmm. they're concerned because only 50% of their Wi-Fi enabled devices are being connected to right. the Wi-Fi. In other words, people are buying the new refrigerator with the Wi-Fi on the door and the whatever else and you can see in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and tell if you need more milk but people are not connecting them. One of the reasons they weren't connecting them was because of the different protocols. Right. So that might be something that will help them with that. But your devices like your oven being connected to the internet or your mm -hmm. uh, microwave or your coffee pot, I have a coffee pot that's connected to the internet. Well, if you don't connect them, they really, them being connected is really a boon to the manufacturer more than it is to right. the yeah. user, consumer. Right. the consumer, because the manufacturer gets data yep. on how you're using their mm -hmm. product, when you're using their product, and they're having a problem trying to figure out what to offer mm -hmm. to the consumer to make them more willing to connect their device so that they can, they can get this data and you can get something out of it too, and that's... That has been the issue right now, I think, with uh, most of them. Most people just don't connect them. Mm -hmm. Or if they did when they first got it, and maybe their Wi-Fi goes out or they get a new router and they change the passwords and the codes, nobody reconnects right. the oven, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you might you reconnect your Alexa, your, your lights, etc., or your ring camera, but you won't reconnect the oven. Right. And and they're seeing that's happening with a lot of their uh, devices, and they're concerned about that now. But again, that's the Internet of Things. It's becoming pervasive in your home because the manufacturers are going to make these things Internet ready so they can collect the data. Now, some people will be a little apprehensive about all that data collection. And I'm one of them too. Yes. But let's think about it though. But now, a perfect example, you got your coffee maker and it's connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. Well, now a manufacturer can say, well, since you use so much of this type of product, I'm going to offer you a 20% discount coupon and I'm going to send it to you as a text message. And I already get them for my oh, Keurig uh, with the coffee that I get. Is it French roast? <laughs> French roast. <laughs> You didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. I already get these Keurig coupons. Okay, so I'm behind the times. Right. I'm also on automatic delivery, so 
They you, tell you get me, low, you get low. Then I get low, I get another shipment. Okay. But <laughs> again, but I understand why people, when they get these devices, don't connect it to the internet uh, because sometimes there's a little extra work when you're setting sure. the device up yeah. and you have to know how to inter- uh, connect it. But also, yes, people can be leery about the pervasiveness of the data that's being sent out mm-hmm. to to the company that made the device. I mean, the robots, the vacuum robots, people are concerned sure. about the cameras oh. on the robots. <laughs> and I read an article where one of their, they had a picture, a woman was in the bathroom and the robot took a picture of her in some kind of way it got <laughs> on the internet and, you know, everybody was up in arms and upset, but... Yeah, these things are going to be there. It's a brave new world. That's yeah. all I can say. Just make sure you close the door of right. the bathroom before you go in. And don't let the robot in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, yeah, those kind of things are going to happen. It's just... It, it's, it's already happened. It's Bruce. already... Yeah, right. Come on. You really think that with your cell phone, they're not using the microphone and the camera? You really right. think that when you have right. your tablet, they're not using the microphone and the camera? You really think that because they don't advertise that there is a camera in your phone, that the TV, just like you can look at the TV, right. the TV's looking at you yeah. too. And as soon as they uh, did got rid of the uh, coaxial, the wire cable, and, and started using the uh, the light cables, I right. forget what you call them. Fiber? Fiber optics. Mm-hmm. Once they started using fiber optics, that definitely gave them two-way communication. Yeah. Because you can Cheaply. have a signal, yeah, going both directions, mm-hmm. which means that the TV can be looking at you while you're looking at it. It's, yeah, it's already there. It's already there. Yeah, you, you're in the matrix already. <laughs> you can't escape. Or the uh, what is it called? The the book that was out, the Big Brother World. Oh yeah, George Orwell. Yeah, so we're there. It's just you know, uh, how much you want to acknowledge it. Yeah, and you can take some precautions, but. You're in the Matrix. You're in the Matrix. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> but again, and things like matter, Are the protocol facilitate. is going to facilitate <laughs> those devices being in your home. It's going to make it easier yeah. for them to be there. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to go into a store instead of looking in the, the uh, smart device area, just go buy a bulb. Right. And it'll be matter compliant. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're going. That's where they want to go. And it's... it's very easily they're going to get there. Well, the fact of the matter is everything that you buy will be an internet device. Regardless of how you perceive it, it will have communication with the right. IP protocol to reach out and provide information. Right. And like one of the good things about some of the some of the large appliances being connected to the internet is they ha- if they have a uh, situation where it's a safety situation and recall, they, uh, recall they can send that information mm-hmm. to you directly, or if they have an update in the software, mm-hmm. they can do that automatically. So there, there are some things that'll be beneficial to you, but they're struggling trying to find things that people will find beneficial to them, so that you're more willing to connect your device to the internet. Oh, I, I, I think a dryer is a perfect example because. To try to estimate how long you should have your clothes, what temperature for it to be on, and how long it takes to dry, all you're doing is destroying the fabric when you right. over dry it. You take out the color of your, your garments, and they wear out prematurely. 
But if you have a system in place using artificial intelligence with a a communications protocol like Matter over the internet, and they'll come back to you and say, hey, look, Mike, you're really drawing your your blue jeans too long. Right. You're going to burn them up, (laughs) you know, try and get that look, you know. Right. Uh, or, Or how much would... It calibrates what temperature your water needs to be for the washer. Right. They tell you to use cold water, but eh, every now and then I like a little heat on my water. Mm-hmm. Just for my own benefit. But here again, I wanted to make a judgment call. The technology would make the assessment as to when I tell it what type of sheets I have, whether it's an 800 thread count sheet or a 200 thread count sheet, how long I need for it to wash. Nobody wants a 200 thread count sheet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you put the machine to tell you. Uh, you got some cheap sheets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this machine is not the figure for your product. Okay. Uh, the the other thing we wanted to talk about again is uh, the a lot of us have grandchildren now, and a lot of us see our grandkids or our children, mm-hmm. and they're in their room, and they're on the computer. Do not get the misconception that because you see them in there on their computer that they're actually learning how to use a computer or to program a computer or to make it do perform a specific task. What they're usually doing is either gaming or they're on social media. So basically, they're being entertained. Right. We need to talk to our children, and you know, we need to talk to them about actually learning how to program the computer so that it performs a specific task. Because that's what companies are going to be looking for in the future, and they are now. But what that means is. Yeah, they should learn how to program in some of the, the programming languages, like C plus or Python. Python is a one that mm-hmm. is very popular now, mm-hmm. and it's a fifth, sixth generation language, which means it has more capability, more capability per uh, command. Okay, in other words, you can almost talk to it like a person. So you want them to learn how to do that. What we found, or Mike found, when they were, you were running a program back in the day, right. what was that? They was uh, several years ago. I was employed with a company that administered what was called the HBCU STEM program, and what that program did was offer graduates from HBCUs an opportunity to pursue graduate studies in STEM: science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And a lot of them had some, what we thought was computer experience, because typically at that time, most students did use a computer to accomplish their, their assignments. But fundamentally, they didn't understand a lot of it. They didn't understand the operating system. They didn't understand file management, mm-hmm. uh, internet protocol, communications, what have you. And so we just assumed that because they went to a program that they were studying in technology, that they had these skill sets, and that they didn't. Okay. So we had to take a step back, and we had to step, take a step back to, one, we had to address the program to now provide laptop computers for them. Right. Also provide internet services, and then actually train them on how to use, like, for example, office applications, like Word, Excel, 
and PowerPoint right. and expose them to programming languages like R, base, and what have you, so that they can actually pursue their graduate studies because they weren't even technically equipped to tackle these STEM graduate programs without these skill sets that we took for granted that they had. Right. Some of them didn't even know how to create a file folder right. on their computer to save right. specific documents that related to something in common. and Even a USB drive. Oh, how to yeah, download right. files from the hard drive right, to a USB, USB drive. drive right. right. Yeah, so some of their skills were, were lacking and it, I would probably venture to say that most of your kids, although they're looking at a computer uh -huh. screen for long periods of time, they really don't understand how to use this machine to their advantage other than yeah, playing a game yeah, or, consumer, or consumer talking content. about right that's all they do consuming content or talking to their friends on right. social media exactly a TikTok, TikTok experts or, instagram experts and things like that right but uh it's more to it than just that you need to make sure that they understand what a cpu is and what it does what the operating system is and what it does all those things that are intrinsic to all computing devices like smartphones and computers and tablets and printers and what have you. They need fundamentally how all these things connect and how to connect them. Right. It's all of that. Because that's where everything is going to have a chip in it yep. if it doesn't already. Yep. Right. Uh, your automobiles are going to be, oh. are already have computer mm -hmm. chips all over them. And operating systems. And operating systems. So even being an auto mechanic is a different job than it was right. 20 years ago mm -hmm. because now you have to know how to get information from the car. You can put a device in the car now that will tell you things about how it's firing and the check and engine light. Check engine light is on why. So we should talk to our kids and grandkids about diving a little more deeper into the machine that they spend so much time with their phone or their tablet or whatever it is because the future jobs are going to be connected to you being able to take that device sure. and program it to do a specific task that the company needs and if you can do that you'll be a lot more valuable than the guy sitting next to you that can just open it up to look at his email. Right. <laughs> we're next week, uh, the next podcast, we're going to talk about something that's pervasive right now that everybody's talking about, and that's called ChatGPT. And one of the quotes that I read regarding this is ChatGPT is a AI, artificial intelligence. artificial intelligent speaking. I mean, you can talk to it and it'll give you answers back and look up things it'll even write papers for you and the colleges are afraid of that now but that, that one of the quotes I saw was that chat GPT and things like it AI is not necessarily going to replace humans but it is going to replace humans that use AI are going to replace humans that don't <laughs> so in other words make your yeah. kid one that understands the technology, the AI, or whatever it is that is going to be useful in their in their job or their endeavors. Now, I think that what a lot of parents and grandparents are going to be concerned about is because, as of late, 
in the news, they talk about the number of people that are being laid off Correct. across the technology sector. And although it's a nice buzz and it's going to be an inconvenience and a hardship for a lot of people, I got that. But a lot of those folks will be repurposed in other communities and other careers. Those skill sets are usable today. Uh, there are about 600,000 technology companies in the country. But we always hear about Google and Amazon and Facebook and what have you. And when these other companies lay off 1,000 people, 10,000 people, we get all alarmist. Well, this same thing happened back in the 90s when we had what was called the dot-com the dot-com bubble. Okay. And a whole lot of people at that time, as we were ushering into this new era of the technology, internet technology, a lot of people were let go at that time. But they all were able to repurpose themselves, learn new skills, new programming languages, and they all have been having thriving technology careers since then. And so what you're seeing now is a shift in the landscape again. A lot of these people were hired because of the pandemic, and all these companies didn't want to get caught off guard by not having the appropriate kind of people to build the new, the new tools and skill sets to accommodate the uh, Ubers and Lyfts and DoorDash. All these kind of companies that came into being the past five to seven years, especially during the pandemic, was a, a rush to, to, to ratchet up this capability so these companies can actually take on responsibility of what happened during the pandemic. Well, now the pandemic, well, it's still here. Let's be clear. The <laughs> pandemic is still here. It's just waned. We've gotten pretty good of dealing with it and vaccinations and all that stuff. But it's still here. So they over-ramped up with too many people. And that's the best side of building the equation because it's easier to let people go than look for them when you need them. Right. But here again, a lot of folks will repurpose their skill sets into other areas. And here again, with over 600,000 technology companies, in America, that's not going to be much of a hardship. It will be painful. Now, I'm just talking about the technology companies. I've always believed that regardless of what kind of company you have, it's a technology company. Right. Case in point, Southwest Airlines completely melted down around the Christmas holidays. And to look back now, a lot of their problems stem around technology. Right. Their failure to keep pace with the new protocols that were required to run an airline today than 10, 15, 20 years ago. They didn't keep up. Right. They never made the investment in a technology infrastructure to address the needs that we have today. And that's what this is going to be, is a wake-up call to not only to Southwest Airlines, but look, the FAA had a meltdown. Right. Their stuff crumbled because all these aging technologies, and truth be told, a lot of federal government agencies today are, are using... using Old, old technology tech. yeah. that needs to be addressed. So it's a wake-up call for everybody. So a lot of these folks that have gotten laid off now will find new careers in technology, even though we hear about all this bad press. But we will continue to need technologists, all these skill sets, because here again, this is the way it's going to go. Every day, a new product, a new service is being created that we don't know about. And they can't grow to the next level because they don't have the employees that they need. The people that got laid off, this is where they're going to end up at. So, yes, some of your children and relatives are going through a hardship because they got laid off. But the key thing is that they continue to be involved in what they do and look at the landscape of the world around them and see, hey, I can fit over here. I don't have to work for a Fortune 50 company to be successful. Right. Or they can go work for Southwest and help them improve their <laughs> technology-based uh, systems. 
one of our one of our listeners sent us some information, and this is appropriate now, about the cost of mobile internet around the world. And I just wanted to mention this because the United States on this list of cost, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the cost of using 5G or 4G or whatever you have, uh, <laughs> United States is, is number 11. We pay $5.62 per gigabyte of 5G usage. That's okay. the mobile tech. Okay. Okay. Israel pays four cent. Four cent. Four cent. Not 40 cent. Not 40 cent. Point four cent. zero four. Point zero four per gigabyte of <laughs> open air internet okay. usage. Now we found the place where these <laughs> laid off technology people could get involved to get that cost down. But when we were talking about the, the technology and we need the people that are going to bring the United States costs closer four to four cents. cents okay? Versus what? Five sixty-two. Okay. $5.62. Okay. And that's number 11 on the list. I think uh, China is at 41 cents. France is 23%. France. India, of all places, is 17 cents. Well, wait a minute. Let me sure I got this right. You're talking about just between China and India, you're talking about close to maybe three and a half to four billion people yeah. have access to cheaper internet access than we do? Yes. Okay. There's going to be a competitive advantage with that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But and so we have our elected officials worrying about all kinds of arcane matters. Oh, like is, uh, what? What are they dealing with? Now? The uh, Senate is having hearings on the nonsense, the ticket master situation. Tic- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the uh, the tickets that weren't able to be oh, sold. Oh my goodness! They need they need to look at this area. Oh, okay. Well, as a consumer, I'm really concerned. Right, because this if you have a less expensive oh. way to get to the internet, this more people will everything. be able to use it. And Academic, pe- school, libraries, right. hospitals. Yeah. Th- this is unbelievable. So this is one of the, the situations uh, we're looking at. and Is that real news or fake news? No, nah, this is real news. Okay. <laughs> Statista. Oh, yeah, from. okay. But, yeah, like I said, one of our, mem- one of our listeners uh, sent us this information, and I, I thought it was Well, a, I'm glad they did. Relevant. That's some very useful information. Right. Right, because you know that's something that when you talk about your government officials, your congressmen and your senators, and you want to advise them on things that are pertinent to our life, what they call kitchen table issues. Correct, like the cost of internet. This might food, this might gas. be one of them. Okay. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I, I I am completely appalled by this. Right, I had no idea. I'm just Four being cents in Israel. Okay, all right, <laughs> oh, man. Compared to $5.62 here. So, on that note, we're going to end this particular podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, hopefully with some better news <laughs> about the cause of internet service. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye, people. <laughs> no. Okay, folks. Another piece of information that we failed to tell you earlier is our contact information. You can reach Tech Connect, that's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T, Tech Connect, and you can reach us by phone 
at 484-918-0158. Once again, that's 484-918-0158 or by email. And the email address is techconnect720 at gmail.com. That's T-E-C-H-C-O-N-E-C-T 720 at gmail.com. So we invite you to get in contact with us and uh, so we can assist you with what your needs are. And thank you. Thank you.